Good afternoon, everybody. It is Corey Hepler again for the Crazy Monk Inc. podcast. I am here again with guest speaker, renowned comic writer and creator of Darum Captain of the Stars, Jared Gifford. How are you doing? I'm good. That's awesome. Now, we have an especially wonderful, delectable treat for all of you wonderful people that are listening. We are going to be talking about top 10 favorite movies that we've both seen Mm -hmm. that we enjoy and this is what you could call a recommendation episode so jared i'm gonna go with you first because i know that maybe some of my recommendations might not be up to par with some of the ones that you've seen because you've seen way more damn movies than i have you don't have to you don't have to stroke my ego well i wasn't going to stroke anything else but your ego But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but but no, I mean, uh, but no, we, we all have a, we all have a really good uh, top ten list, and I, in fact, I, no, I, most most of the movies I like, you like as well, and we both know this. So I mean, thing is, it's like me, um, I, I want to do two things. I want to I'm going to break down a top ten overall list of my favorite movies, but then because I love these so so uh, I love these just as much, but I have to put them into a separate category. Yeah, I have my own top ten. Hammer horror films. See, and yeah. I feel, and you yeah. and I have seen yeah. probably the same amount of Hammer horror films, so I'm mm-hmm. going to be agreeing with you probably the whole damn podcast. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then that's what I'm saying. And then you'd probably even uh, you'd probably even do your own. So exactly. Um, but uh, for my personal taste, uh, I'm going to go first off for my my overall picks for top ten movies. Okay. Just, just top ten movies altogether. And this is in no particular order because I love all these movies about the same. The whole thing is, like, they'd be asking me to, like, pick my kids. So, <clears throat> which, technically I don't have any kids if you can't my dog, but... But but the whole point is is that uh, is that it's 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 unfair to ask me to rate one over the other. No, so, yeah. So what I'd say is this is my top ten list, but that doesn't mean I'm doing it in a certain order. Um, each of these movies I, I know and love. So anyway, I'd have to say uh, 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 like uh, like number ten, I'd say is uh, I I definitely suggest uh, the Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's one of the better, more underrated sci-fi movies. Um, and for those who are not familiar, it's the story of this kid who lives in this trailer park. And he just feels like his life is going nowhere because, you know, his um, his girlfriend's not sure if she wants to leave her grandma because her grandma's on her own. Um, he's trying to get to a better college and... And unfortunately, he lives in the situation where, where he's like one of the only kids that are that are handy that are in that trailer park. So he helps people out with certain things, and he just he just feels like he's not doing anything important <clears throat> with his life. Yeah, he just feels like he's got a stagnating life. Anyway, what ends up happening is one bit of joy he gets is from this arcade system that they have over at this local diner that's just like uh, right uh, right at the entrance of this trailer park. And um, and uh, the uh, the game the game's actually called Starfighter. And uh, basically, what happens is one night he's just kind of working off some stress because he's had a hard day, and he had to he ended up having to cancel out um, uh, hanging out with some of his friends and doing something fun mm-hmm. because he had to go and help some people out around the trailer park. Yeah. Um, and um, anyway, he ends up getting like the high <clears throat> score. 
you know, and, and, you know, uh, this doesn't really sound like anything, but, uh, but what happens is shortly after that, he, um, he, uh, you know, he thinks that uh, his life's still going to go nowhere because he ends up getting a rejection letter from the college that he applied to. Yeah. And what happens is that's when he ends up meeting this guy named Centauri, who turns out to be an alien from pretty much another galaxy. And what they found out was that Starfighter was actually a test to see a person's skills. And the kid had passed the test because only a person who could pilot a Starfighter could actually beat that arcade game. Yeah. And when he eventually ends up in this kind of whole kind of cool space opera situation where basically um, the, um, the, uh, the Alliance is actually, uh, then that's what they call the good guys in this one, they're, they're actually fighting against, um, they're, they're actually fighting against the, um, what are they called? Uh, crap it. And I just watched this recently. It's sad, but anyway, they're, they're fighting basically against this, uh, this 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 other group of aliens who's actually led by, hilariously enough, the the leader of the good guys. His son basically became uh, became this evil dictating tyrant, and uh, and he ends up leading this other alien force to basically destroy um, what they call the frontier. And the frontier is basically this sort of like big shield across the galaxy which which separates the this this uh this evil sort of uh, uh group from what was what, what's considered the uh the good side of the universe almost kind of like would you say like the neutral zone yeah in star trek and star wars but anyway long story short because i don't want to go off and rant on this one but the whole thing is just really cool and ends up turning into this cool little space opera thing. It what turns out almost like this kind of this kid who feels out of place, and it almost feels like a slice of life kind of movie turns into this epic sci-fi adventure. Um, and and uh, I would definitely that's right away. I would suggest uh, so my number ten is is Last Starfighter, and I would suggest that to anybody. It's just a fun movie, even if you don't like sci-fi. It's just a fun movie. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> Number nine over my overall favorite movies. It's a, um, and here's another one I like. Um, some some like it, some don't like it, but I, I always found it fun. Was a uh, Hook. Um, I love the movie Hook, and um, and the thing is, is what I like about that is, I like the fact that it kind of furthers the original Peter Pan story. Mm-hmm. Um, because you had the everyone knows the well, I mean at least uh, I don't know about nowadays, but like uh, I know let me put it this way: everyone who's like maybe our age or older. Knows the Peter Pan story. Everyone's who, everyone who's cultured yeah. in good literature. And, and listen, this is not to mock anyone who's younger than us. I'm just saying that this has just been the statistic, the statistic that I've found is that anyone who I've asked usually who's about our age or older, usually when you say Peter Pan, they know who Peter Pan is, even if they haven't read the book. They because they've because they've read well, Peter they, Pan they've either, and they've, like either, they've, they've read either, Treasure they've, Island. They've, they've, read. they've either read it. Or they've at least seen the Disney movie, yeah. so they know who Peter Pan is. Unless you um, had a horrible fucking childhood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, but yes, usually ask somebody younger; they don't know who they who who it is. Yeah. But anyway, um, back to what I was saying, and uh, with Hook, what I like about it is they further the story of Peter Pan. You know, they go with the fact that pretty much 
eventually he decided he wanted to grow old. He wanted he wanted to have a family of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just as time went on, he slowly started to forget about Neverland. Yeah. And I like the fact that you have all these situations that kind of bring him back into Neverland, and it's just kind of cool. It's just this fun. It, it's so many genres because I can't I can't just say it's one genre. Because it's got comedy, it's got action, it's got adventure. It's just it's just an altogether fun movie. I mean, I saw this movie when I was ten years old and it had a big impact on me. Yeah. And it just <clears throat> whenever I watch that movie, it brings back that sense of childhood fun. And it has one of our yeah. all time favorite actors in it, Robin oh, Rob Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> Robin Williams I, I totally love the guy and, and he's he's one of those people he had a huge impact on my life as well and and you know, uh, and, 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 and you know, uh, you know, rest in peace this man, you know, because I mean, uh I would when when I had heard that when I had heard that he'd commit suicide. I mean that was that was one of those things that was, it was really a sad event to me. So many people will say that about certain celebrities. Be like, oh, they were so important to me, mm-hmm. and 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 kind of you know not really mean it. Kind of melancholy type thing. Yeah, kind of well, like... basically, like, oh, it kind of sucks. But you know, but you notice that you know that they're not fans of the person. Yeah. Um, no, I mean me, I can definitely say this. Here's the whole thing. I may not sit there and sing praises of people all the freaking time. It's just not in my nature. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't care about them. And, and in Robin Williams' case, no, I loved all his movies, and, and a lot of his movies had a big impact on me. I mean, you know, uh, I, I could go on a list of that. In fact, that's going to be uh, actually another, another Robin Williams movie that's on my top ten list that's going to be after this. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but you know, he was an he was an actor that had a big impact on my life, and I liked it because I have a similar way of looking at things. He would always filter his pain through his humor, mm-hmm. and I do the same thing. I uh, whenever 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 I'm having pain or something like that, I usually filter it through my humor. Um, so I totally get that. Anyway, but yeah, I totally recommend Hook for somebody who just wants a nice, fun action adventure uh, movie. And then uh, next one on my list, and, the, and I go to another Robin Williams movie, and this was another one that had a good impact on me, and this was um, actually uh, wasn't a comedy at all, um, or had any comedy elements. It was um, one of the first serious roles he did was Dead Poet Society. I really enjoyed that because mm-hmm. it had such an intelligent nature to yeah. uh, to the movie. Yeah, exactly. Dead, but yeah, Dead Poet Society is a, is a movie I really, really enjoy. And I love it because it's one of those things that shows that... I like it because it's kind of... Um, a lot of people have a tendency to not understand the... the uh, to understand us creative types. And I'm not saying that that makes them bad people, but it's just one of those things that like, I was like, why are they in that way? Why are they so eccentric? Why are they so weird? Um, you know, and, and I like what I like about Dead Poet Society is basically just kind of shows us, you know, we're, we like ever, like, like, like most other people, it's like everybody has like certain groups that they're, uh, that, that they're drawn to. Yeah. Things that they're drawn to. And this kind of showed that. I mean, you know, um, these were all kids who enjoyed things like, like, like drama and, and, um, and, and, um, and poetry and, and, and just basically, um, you know, doing, doing, doing stuff that requires a lot of creativity. And I love that. And then, 
And then what happens is, uh, you know, at first, at first you had, you know, that they were kind of typical teenagers. They didn't really want to pay attention, and they weren't really interested in what the teacher had to say. Yeah. But but, but eventually, here's the thing: is like Rob Rob Williams and the way that he did it. He was he was one of those kind of teachers, so great that. Uh, and these are these are the kind of teachers that I think are, are really great because they know how to get inside the kid's head and get them to start learning some stuff. Because he 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 didn't he didn't sit there and just do play by play this is how you do poetry yeah he didn't do that he wasn't like one of those one of those really boring teachers um he 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 basically got in there made it fun made games out of it and then and then and then you know have would have them do word play it was it was really awesome and and i said that was another one it's like one of the best scenes and i dare and i dare people not to feel maybe like a sense of like pride slash sadness whenever this scene comes up but um and i'm gonna give a spoiler here for those who haven't seen the movie so if you don't want a spoiler fast forward through this but um <laughs> but in but in the movie and, and you'll remember uh, uh there there was a kid who would sadly commit suicide yeah and the father ended up blaming robin williams character for that saying that that he had filled his head with all those crazy ideas and crap you know um, just basically pointing the finger, and anyway, so they basically had let Robin Williams go, yeah, uh, as the teacher. Anyway, as he was leaving, as he was leaving, what happened was, um, you know, um, the 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 students didn't want him to leave, but you know, you had the the one um, dean or whatever there basically telling him to get off, you know, leave the campus, blah blah blah. And I just love it. Then all the kids slowly start. It starts with Ethan Hawke because he gets up first. Yeah. And then all the other kids slowly do it, and then they all stand up on their on their desks and say, "Oh, Captain, my Captain," because that was one of the um, one of the poem poems he had first taught them at the yeah. beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And and it's just when that scene happens, when that scene happens, it's just like I said. I dare anybody. I dare anybody to watch that movie, see that scene, and not feel. Um, both a sense of pride and a sense of sadness when that scene comes up. I dare them to not do that. And what's interesting about that scene is basically the students are paying homage to the knowledge that Robin Williams' character as the teacher uh-huh. had bestowed upon them uh-huh. about the poetry. Oh yeah, exactly. And uh, anyway, um, now I go uh, and then now I go down to my next pick uh, for one of my favorite movies. Uh, Number uh, let's see, number seven. I would say my pick for that one would definitely and, and technically this could be part of B movies and whatnot, but it's, to me it's one of my favorites is uh, Crawl. Um, number seven, I'd, I'd suggest Crawl. Uh, I know I mentioned this in the last podcast when we talked about B movies, but I just love it because it's one of those really fun fantasy movies that uh that mixes in sci-fi mm-hmm. and it does it in a way that's you know that's actually really cool and fun i think it's got more of the fantasy <coughs> element and less of the techie element like star wars has yeah um or even star trek uh this one this one's definitely uh it feels more like a fantasy movie but there are just sci-fi elements in it and and I just want to say I love it. It's it's I said to me it's just got a great plot, great characters. Um, the acting's actually really good in my opinion. And and then uh, and then also the music. I mean this is this is scored by James Horner. And if you don't know who James Horner is, I mean you got to slap yourself and 
look look the guy up because he he's probably done almost every major soundtrack you probably heard in your childhood. Exactly, he's yeah. just as famous as John Williams is. Yeah, to the movies that he's done scores um, for. Yeah, yeah, James Horner. <clears throat> James Horner is part of many um, composers who were coming up in the seventies and eighties who were really popular. Yeah, he's he's. He he um he's done uh because he because he uh he was like one of those guys that yes you said was like John Williams mm-hmm. he was like Jerry Goldsmith exactly um you know uh he was like uh, and a lot of people uh, and he was also an older composer too but uh, more uh I, and I'm probably gonna screw his name up but please forgive me but I believe it's Maurice uh is it Yare because it's uh it, I believe it's French um but you, uh, you said it right. But uh, but but anyway, he's the guy. He like he did the music for like Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, he he actually did in, in two movies that we know and grew up with, and this actually goes back on my list again. Um, but uh, he also did. Uh, he also did the soundtrack for Witness, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, and he also did the soundtrack for Enemy Mine with yes, uh, he did with uh, with Dennis Quaid. Um, and um, anyway. Um, so so yeah, I said that that's that's another one of my favorites, and then I go to the uh, some of my other one. My my number six pick is actually Witness. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because like, I usually don't watch, and I'll totally admit this. I usually don't watch a lot of cop dramas, but this one was really good because it has so many great elements to it. it is it's not just a cop drama. It's it's also it's it's a love story. It's um it's about it's 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 about learning about different cultures. It's it, it's so many movies and one thing. You can't just call it one thing. Yeah. I mean, the main plot of the story is that there's this Amish kid, and while him and his mom are at a train station because they're going to go visit a relative, um, he uh, goes to the bathroom and he ends up, um, you know, inadvertently witnessing a murder. And and then what happens is that uh, Harrison Ford places this cop who has to hide him out um, and and keep him safe. But then he finds out that there's other cops involved. There's a lot of corruption. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, what happens is uh, while he's trying to take the mother and the son back to Amish country, and he's going to try to you know uh, fix this whole thing. Uh, what happened was he ends up getting shot by one of the other uh, corrupt cops, and. Uh, the uh, uh, and then he actually ends up having to get taken care of on uh, on uh, uh, the the lady's uh, farm uh, that belongs to her grandfather mm-hmm. and uh, or or her father I think yeah yeah it was her father and uh, anyway um and then what I like about it is like you got this really great music which goes along with it and and, and it actually goes to show you that that. Uh, that the Amish are actually not, you know, they're they're not the stereotypes that people make them out to be. Um, that uh, the whole thing is is that what they what they live is a simple life, not a technology free life because there actually is some te- some technology that they use. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's just it's 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 as if you were living in the eighteen hundreds. That's that's the best way to describe Amish life, and and it's a simple kind of life yeah it's not a technology free life which which is the stereotype it's just a simpler life and 
anyway, um, basically, yeah, just all these things happen, and he, uh, it's just a really awesome movie, as I said, it's a, it's a crime drama, it's, it's, uh, it's a romance, and, and, and it's kind of a slice of life kind of movie, and I like it, it's just all these things together, plus with the amazing soundtrack, it's great. Then I'll, yeah. then I'll move on to my, my next one, which is kind of interconnected with the same composer, but number, uh, my number, my number five is Enemy Mine. Enemy Mine, I really like that one because it's a it's it's not your typical sci-fi, because I mean I've always been a big fan of it, and you probably see this theme going throughout my list. But it's like I've 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 always liked stories that weren't like your typically cliched stories, because this one is actually pretty cool. But what you have is it starts there's this war between the humans and a race called the Drax, mm-hmm. and the Drax are like these um, fish-like people that. Um, yeah, uh, that, that basically are they're neither male nor female they're actually both and the thing is is they uh well, unlike humans who have to get together and that and then we may and, and then we make and then we make a kid because like you know a wife gets pregnant and then she has a baby yeah um with Drax they don't do that basically with Drax um they just get pregnant at a certain point in their life hmm um and that's and that's basically how they still have a line. Yeah. Is that, is that uh, they don't they don't actually have to breed with anybody. Um, breeding's not a thing in their society. It's just basically since they said since they are both simultaneously both male and female, they just they their, their bodies just basically will make them pregnant when they reach a certain age. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> but that's pretty much how it works. But what I like about it is it starts out that that. Dennis Quaid, like his character, um, like like he hates the Drax. Like like he's he's so totally involved in, in basically the fact that we've got to destroy these people because they've been because uh, because he basically bought into the propaganda, mm-hmm. and it actually shows you how propaganda can can te- teach that teach hate, mm-hmm. and the fact that that he bought all the propaganda that the Drax were evil that they were that they were destroying human outposts. And they were um, and they were killing um, innocent civilians. Yeah. Um, but then you've also found out uh, eventually when he gets because uh, what happens is the two of them. Oh, wait, I have, oh sorry. There's what happens is Dennis Quaid he ends up in this mission and they're fighting a group of drag ships. Yeah. Um, anyway, his ship gets uh, his ship gets damaged, and because uh, they're trying to shoot down this drag ship and then. His ship and the drag ship end up crash landing on this planet, mm-hmm. and what happens is that um, he's the only survivor of his ship, and the drag that he finds is the only survivor of its ship. Yeah, and and then when they meet each other, when they meet each other, um, uh, um, the drag and and uh, and Dennis Quaid's character, um, at first, you know, at first they hate each other. In fact, the drag. Uh, ties him up and captures him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is, none of them are used to this planet they're on. The Drak's never been there, and Dennis Quaid's never been there. And what happens is, a lot of the natural things they need help surviving because there's just you know there's weird creatures there. Um, they periodically have meteor showers that just hit the planet violently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they eventually find out that they both basically they both they basically have to um, work together in order to survive this planet. So they've got to rely on each other, yeah, even yeah. though they yeah. have differences. Yeah, exactly. And what's great about it is it basically shows you how 
how prejudice works and how you can overcome that. Because mm-hmm. um, I said at first he doesn't uh, he doesn't like uh, he doesn't like the Drac, who uh, eventually uh, we come to le- na- uh, learn is named uh, Jerry. Um, 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 and uh, the and Dennis Quaid's character, his name is Davich. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, Davish and Jerry, um, they uh, they eventually get to the point where uh, they overcome their prejudices because they said they had the prejudice where they bought in the propaganda. Both their governments were basically telling them that each race were basically killing people and, and destroying planets and all that stuff, um, buying the propaganda. And what they finally uh, realized was that both of their races were actually very similar. Mm-hmm. And what it came down to, and seeing a lot of people may agree or disagree with this, but it comes down to a spiritual thing. So what happens is um, uh, Jerry would read from this little book that he had, that, 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 he, that he would wear. It was like a necklace thing, but he would read from this book, and it was actually kind of like the Drac Bible. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, what, what happened was he taught... He he ended up teaching Davich how to how to read Drac and basically how to translate the book. Mm-hmm. And when he was reading through it, he realized that that book was very similar to our Bible. And one of the things it had in there was basically it had a, had a passage where basically um, if someone does a wrong to you, um, you know, uh, or or, was, or was something to the effect of uh, no, it was uh, do unto others as, as as you would have others do unto you. Yeah, it, it had that same thing. And, uh, and he even tells Jerry that he said it's like we actually have this in our own uh, in, in our own personal spiritual book mm-hmm. and uh, I like what he said because Jerry Jerry tells him he's like well <coughs> we said well of course truth is truth yeah um, and like I said for those who are non spiritually inclined that may mean nothing to you and and you may not even like it but uh, for those that maybe are spiritually inclined. That, that that's actually quite good because what it shows is that is that is that faith can transcend <clears throat> race, faith can transcend um, gender. You know, faith can transcend these things. Yeah. Um. You know, and that's kind of that's kind of nice. Um. And and basically, said they end up learning to overcome these things, and then eventually, um, he has to. Um, I'm not spoiler alert, but, um. Jerry sadly ends up dying because after he has his after because what happens is Jerry gets pregnant, um, he has his baby, um, uh, and um, and then uh, uh, Davich has to raise the kid, mm-hmm. um, and then Drax actually grow faster than most human kids. So within the within the space of maybe just like a year or so, the kid's already like grown up like a 10 year old uh you know um but uh but anyway um uh, and then and then he basically has to teach the kid how to how to live and everything and eventually they you know end up having a cool little happy ending and whatnot but the but the whole point is what i like about it is the main theme of of the movie and i like and, and i like this is that basically is that is is that when it all comes to basically survival, we're all one people. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it, it's like it it's like our personal differences don't matter. What matters is that at the at the end of the day, um, our core values are all the same. And uh, anyway, um, and then I understand I like that. Um, and anyway, um. 
that's my pick for number five. Um, my number four all-time favorite movie. Um, and once again, as I said, these are no particular order, so nobody get like all pissed off. But uh, number four, what I'm thinking of, and, and I, I'm gonna lump them all together, just because there's so many of them, and I have to have a separate list for that. So I'm just gonna lump them all together, and it's really awesome. Is uh, is the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. especially the original trilogy, and. Once again, I'm not uh, I'm not going to be like most other people nowadays, and I'm going to say this. I'll give you credit where credit's due. I actually do like the prequels. I actually do like the newer ones they've been coming out with. I've had no problem with them. Um, but uh, but I will I will admit this. I will admit this. When it comes to favorite Star Wars movies, I will always be a special place in my heart for the original trilogy. Exactly. And uh, and that's what I'm saying. And and so Star Wars, uh, uh, you know, that's my pick for number four. And I don't know if I really even have to explain why why Star Wars is a good pick for the for a top ten. It, it's almost like if you were to explain it, you'd basically be sounding like an idiot. Well, yeah, that's all the thing is is that so this one's gonna be a really short one, but yeah, that was like all the like all the Star Wars movies, especially the original trilogy, uh, and it's and that's actually what I'd recommend. If you're gonna if you haven't seen the Star Wars movies yet, and you know, and I know this is. Really hard to believe, but there are some out there who haven't. As sad as that sounds. Yeah. Um, I would suggest, if they're going to ease themselves into the Star Wars universe, to start with the original trilogy. Because um, that's actually the best place to start. Because um, you can actually go in and watch the original trilogy with no context. And um, and and you don't need any of the other stuff explained. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually good on their own. And then, if you feel the need to, then you can branch out and start watching all the others. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely suggest at least watching the original trilogy for that. And anyway, uh, the number three, I'm going to lump these all together, and it's still really great. Love these movies. Great action-adventure movies. Also, kind of a character they have transitioned from one to the other is like, because uh, Harrison Ford was in Star Wars. Um, and my number three picks are the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, why did I think that that was going to be a thing? Yeah, yeah, come on, you knew it. I was like looking at you and I was like, nah, yeah. this fucker's going to pick Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, picked Indiana Jones. Oh, God, <laughs> you're only disappointed because that's in your top ten list, too. Yeah, it probably is. It's probably <laughs> higher than yours, but I mean... Well, as I said, this is, a no, this is in no particular order. I love these all about the same amount. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to yeah. do my top ten after yours, and uh, you can do oh, your high Oh, of course, of course. Of course. No problem. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones, once again, I'm not sure if I have to explain why, because it's just fun action-adventure movies. Um, and, and But I will admit, out of all of them, and I know this is going to be like, people are going to be like, what? what? Why is that? But... Uh, um, but the funny thing is, is like out of the original trilogy of, of Indiana Jones movies, um, the uh, most most people either like Raiders of the Lost Ark or they like Last Crusade, and I love those movies as well. But my personal favorite has always been and it's so funny. It seems like it'd be the dark horse of the whole series, and most other people, most other people always, uh, always seem to not like it as much. But I've always been a personal fan of the Temple of Doom. Well, I mean, you've got Kalima, Kalima. Um, exactly. It's like, well, what I love about it is, 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 and, and a lot of people might get the whole thing. It's like, oh, but it's a stereotype. And 
It's like it's like, but, but you're but you're not getting the idea. The whole thing is this is not supposed to be based in our reality. This is supposed to be its own kind of reality. This is based in a pseudo nineteen thirties um like action adventure archae uh, ar uh, archaeological type movie. It's it's not it's not supposed to be based in a reality. Yeah. Um, well, it's a reality, but not this reality. It's it's one of those things. It's just supposed to be a fun thing. It's not supposed. It's not supposed to be mean. It's not supposed to be offensive. It's just supposed to be fun action adventure. And and, and well, I guess the the other big complaint about it is they said that it's 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 the darkest out of all of them. But interesting enough, that's the reason I like it. Mm -hmm. I, I I like the darker movies in most of in, in, in most things like this. I like I like the movies that. Um, that, uh, that that have that kind of thing to it. It's like uh, every time I, when I tell most people, like whenever there's like a, 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 a movie series that has multiple sequels to it, yeah, they'll always ask me what my favorite is. My favorite is usually always the one that was the darkest. Mm -hmm. um, to me, uh, those are my favorite ones because I, I, I like that. I, 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 I think the darker stories, I mean, they have a lot more, um, and, and once again, I'm not, saying this be insulting to anything else but it's just my own personal opinion is that i think that they have a lot more emotional depth to them they do because because the characters are basically having to because you notice in the darker movies it's usually you know the the uh the good guy characters have to struggle a lot more and i kind of like that i kind of mm. like that because well, i feel like when your character struggles more and this is something i even have in my own comic book series with darren when your character struggles more i feel like when when they then fight back and then they then start triumphing, uh, triumphing. No, I, I can't even say it. But 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 they but they then start su succeeding. Yeah. Um, I feel like it makes it that 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 much more uh, exciting mm -hmm. because because you know you have your um. It, because because it feels like it's like oh my god you know it's like I can't believe they came back from that this is so awesome now now I get to see them you know kick the bad guy's ass or something you know it's like a, but but it's great because as I said if you have that ultimate struggle when they ultimately triumph it just feels much more exciting mm -hmm. <laughs> and anyway this is true and, yeah and anyway uh, that was that's my number three um, my number two all time. Um, uh, favorite top ten uh, movie pick. Um, let's see, uh, number two for me would have to be, and once again, I know it's more of a B movie, but it's something I've still loved since I was a kid, and I will continue to love it. Masters of the Universe. I thought you were going to say something else, but I mean... No, no, no. I'm not surprised. No, no, no. Masters of the Universe. Um, well, and, and I'll tell people this, because like, oh, wait, what? what are you talking about? But I'll tell you why. There's so many reasons why. Uh, I mean, I mean, first off, it's a lot more exciting than people think. You, you actually watch that. It's actually got some pretty cool fight scenes and battle scenes. And, and it has Dolph Lundgren in it. Yeah, and this whole thing. Whether <laughs> I don't, you know, it's like I, I, I don't care if he's got the stupidest lines ever. He's usually always pretty cool in any action movie. Exactly. Um, but uh, but no, actually, reason I like to watch that one, Franklin Gella. Because he's the one who played a Skeletor in that one. He is the reason to watch that movie. Because every line he does is just gold. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is like uh, he totally sells me on the Skeletor villain in that one. I mean, 
I, I tell I tell anybody who's uh, they ask like, you know if they ask me about like my different the different interpretation team I always they always ask me what my favorites are and I always say I always like Franklin Gill's Skeletor. Franklin Gill's Skeletor is 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 awesome because he just he had all the best lines mm-hmm. and, and he just plays the perfect villain. And you know, and in fact, you know, um, I'm not going to say who yet because these these issues haven't come out yet. But I will tell the audience this is one of the bad guys I'm going to be introducing pretty soon in my comic book series. His personality is based on Franklin Gillis Skeletor. Mm-hmm. In fact, we've had yeah plenty of conversations about it. Yeah. We will not get into them in this podcast because yeah. that's for a later date. You're going to have to buy the fucking issues to find out. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. And then my, uh, my, number, my, my number one pick, and once again, this is in any particular order, so this doesn't mean that I think this is better than anything else on and this And this list. probably won't come as a surprise to me at all because I'm, uh, I'm th- probably thinking of the same damn movie you're going to say in the first place. Movies? Well, yeah, because it's a series. Yeah. Back to the Future. That's what I'm fucking talking about. See, I was like, you know what? He's done so many of these damn sci-fi ones, but he hasn't said Back to the Future. I'm gonna strangle this ass. <laughs> but yes, Back to the Future. Back to the Future is 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 my is my top pick on that one, and and just for so many reasons. Because I mean, Back to the Future. First off, it's not a straight genre movie because it's so many different things. It's got comedy in it. It's got uh, some romance elements in it. It's got, um, it's got sci-fi in it. It's got some, It's got a lot of drama in it. Yeah, too. that's what I'm saying. Is is Back to the Future is not something you can just label because so no. many people call it a comedy. Some people call it a sci-fi. Some people will, will, will call it many different things. But that's what I'm saying. It's like to me, it's a multi-genre movie. That's um, the, the the problem with the. Back to the Future movies is I worked at Hollywood Video. Yeah. And, like, they'd label it sci-fi, and I'd look at it, and I'm like, this is supposed to go in the comedy. And mm. I think about it, well, it's got romance in it, too. And then it's got drama. And then I got my store manager going, just put the fucking movie in. I don't care where it goes. Well, yeah, you, you probably at the end of the day, you probably ended up having the revelation I had, and you were probably like, how do you label this movie? You just you just label you know you you know you label you just need one movie selection especially the ones that are multi genre but really awesome just call it this is the awesome section yeah <laughs> but then again they don't have video stores anymore so I guess you don't, that's not even a thing now because because uh, um, I guess with the with movies now most people do the streaming things like Netflix mm-hmm. Hulu uh, uh, Amazon. Um, and, uh, and I guess some, some certain channels are coming up with their own streaming networks. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I guess kind of the thing is like, uh, one of the things we grew up with, staple of what we grew up with yeah. is, you know, the video rental stores, mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you don't really see a whole lot of those anymore. And I understand why. I mean, it's not like I would say they should bring all those back. No, I understand that that was, that was a certain period in time and it's gone. I'm just saying that it's just... To me, it, it just kind of sucks because it was one of those things that, you know, you and I talked about this, is that uh, one, of the, one of the things that we lament is the fact that you have, you have music stores and, um, 
and and video stores that, that that shut down because one of the things that we remember doing and that we bonded about was that we would go to video stores and we'd go to music stores and we'd we like to sit there and go through the whole experience browsing stuff feeling stuff going through all the different selections do you remember going to cd warehouse and yeah. just spending like hours just yeah. looking at cds we wanted to buy we even had the ones yeah. we wanted to buy in our hand yeah. but we spent like hours just looking at the other ones and they're like Man, I can't wait till next payday. Exactly, you know. <laughs> and then you would like you would buy up what 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 you could then, and then you'd be like, okay, it's like it's like okay, I can't think this one, but I'd be like, I'm gonna keep that in mind later. Maybe 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 if I'm real nice, I can talk to the person behind the counter and they'll hold it for me. Exactly. <laughs> maybe if I do a little bit more chores, I can get a little more of allowance. Exactly. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, no, but I missed that. Yeah, uh, but I understand it was a certain period in time which is over. Yeah. And 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 that's not to say the streaming is bad because i mean i stream a lot of stuff now yeah you know i mean uh because because yeah i mean i i gotta i gotta give it i gotta give it up to some of the streaming services it is a lot it, it is a lot easier and quicker to just you know type in type in your password and then just stream a movie instead of having to travel down to the local video store to go pick something up and then wait in a god-awful line Oh yeah, got waiting to go fuck with and, smelly people and shitty children. And then and then just hoping <laughs> and then just hoping to God that the video that you wanted was in stock. Oh, did you ever go to the movie store yeah. and they like only had one copy of the movie that you liked and it was always out and you were like, yeah. if I find the person that brings it back, I'm gonna punch him in the face. Yeah, exactly. I hated that. But but anyway, <laughs> um, so so we so we can get so we can get to yours as as, uh, as quickly as possible. So 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 we know. Uh, why don't you give the audience your personal top ten list of your favorite movies? Now you're going to be kind of shocked because my top ten mostly has a lot of indie films in it. Because as mm -hmm. I said, I worked at Blockbuster Video and I also worked at Hollywood Video. Yeah. So you can imagine the catalog that I decided to you know. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, and as I said, if we if we all talked about every one of our favorite movies, whether it was independent or, or big Hollywood or whatever, the whole thing is, is I mean, it, we'd have to, we'd have to come out with like we'd have to have like an anthology of podcasts in order to uh, record all the movies we like. Exactly. <laughs> so my ten um, would be, and this isn't really an indie movie; it's an old movie. Yeah. It was like, it's even older than what you have suggested. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know. And everybody that knows me knows that I love Charlie Chaplin. Oh, those are great. See, now I would have totally mentioned that too, <laughs> but once, once again, that would have been a separate list. Yeah. For me, top ten, the tenth one has got to be The Dictator. Oh, man. Oh. That one's actually good, and, and you can <laughs> enough. And a lot of people, I don't even know how many people uh, actually know this, but I mean, it became, it's become like a, a popular internet video that, that's been circulating a lot, yeah, it's a lot the of social media. The, the, it's the speech that he was giving as he was playing as Hitler. Yeah, and, and interestingly enough... That's About humanity. People, yeah, and, and interestingly enough, a lot of people use that nowadays. It's, it's actually become one of those things that, uh, and you got to admit, it's a powerful speech, and... and Interestingly enough, it actually is very poignant to nowadays. It really is. And I really looked up to Charlie Chaplin because not only was a writer, not only was a producer, not only did he do all the music scores for it, he wrote all the music for all of his stuff, he even acted in it. He did yeah. everything. There was a rare instance where mm -hmm. he'd have someone help him with the project. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, especially in his early days. In his early days, he he was he was usually working for other people. Yeah. But once he once he got his own studio and once he got and once he was doing films himself, mm-hmm. yeah, he was pretty much he was pretty much like the uh, like he was pretty much doing most of the production on his own movies. And the really cool thing is he's like the first actor to basically do all of his own stunts. Yeah. He never had a stunt man. He always did every single stunt on his own. Okay, uh, no, that's actually a good. That's actually a good pick. Uh, starting off, I, I like the fact you started off your list with that. Yeah. Also, um, number nine is another film based kind of in like it, it's it's back there. Yeah. And it's one that's controversial. It's one that I saw when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are going to give me a lot of backlash for it because there's like a, a, a ton of racial overtones in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Brer Rabbit and the, and the Briar Patch. Oh, um, actually, uh, you're thinking of Song of the South. Song of the South, yeah. Song of the South. Um, I, call, I, wanted... called, I called it that because that's yeah. what it was introduced well, to me. Actually, well, actually, they, they, had, they had actually done this when we were kids, and I remember this. Mm-hmm. And I remember this distinctly. What had happened was they took all the animated segments out of Song of the South. Because mm-hmm. what happened was they, 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 they took those out and then, and then they actually they did that. They, they separated it into a con- car- series of cartoons, <clears throat> I think, as you said, like, like Br'er Rabbit, the Briar Patch. Because yeah. what happened was Song of the South had those in it. But what happened was um, in the story, uh, he, had this, uh, he had this wise old black man who, who would tell these, these, these tall tales. Mm-hmm. And... And, and and basically he would tell this to, he would tell this to the two little boys, um, yeah. And uh, and and, uh, and and then what happens? That was when the animated segments would kick in because it was <clears throat> it was live action with animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, what, what they did was because I guess you know and and Disney didn't have this intention because uh, you know uh, um, it, you know if you go back and do your history, the whole thing is just like you know um, uh, Disney was not. Was was not racist. No, he wasn't. I got most people. Despite despite the criticism that he gets, you you talk. You, I mean, I mean, hell, you t- you talk to guys like Floyd Norman, mm-hmm. Floyd, Floyd Floyd Norman, and he still works at Disney today. Um, he started in Disney in the nineteen fifties, uh, and back when Disney was still you know you know, overseeing the studio and going over there. Yeah. And he's, and, and, and that's one thing is, so Floyd Norman will tell you, he said, Disney was not interested in your race. What he was interested, what he was interested in was your talent. Yeah. That was it. And, and productivity. So, and, and unfortunately what happened was, I guess what Disney thought was, he wasn't, uh, I guess he was, he was hoping to do the, you know, what Disney does. Tell a good family story and, um, and and do it in a in a colorful way with lots of singing and whatnot and, yeah. and make make it very theatrical. Exactly. But what he didn't take into account, and I just think that in this case it was just a tragic mistake. I don't think he did this with any mal- malicious intent. What? But what happened was he ended up having Song of the South come out, and and he got a lot of racial backlash for that. Basically, a lot of people were saying that he. Um, it was it was very insulting to black people, and in a way it was. But, but I mean, I don't think Disney knew that because what happened was it was based in the South shortly after the Civil War. Yeah, and, and so it was it was almost like it was ill timely placed. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it was the whole thing is, and a lot of people had a good point. It it, it when you have the black body, 
which had gone through this this horrific time. Mm-hmm. Well, thing is, you're not going to have a whole lot of singing and dancing uh, in the post Civil War South. Nope, not really. And and so that's that's where I think he went wrong. But yeah, but you're right. But the 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 Brer Rabbit segments. I think are really good. Mm-hmm. To me, I mean, and once again, I don't know, maybe I'm just naive, but to me, the Bray Rabbit stuff really didn't have a whole lot of uh, what you call real big racial stuff. Yeah, it just it just felt like it just felt like cool cool little funny cartoons based in South. Exactly, and so that would be my number nine pick. Yeah, number eight pick, Breakfast at Tiffany's with Audrey Hepburn. Oh, yes, a classic. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. I love that for so many reasons. A, Audrey Hepburn. Hepburn, yes. Such a fox. Yeah. Oh, she was so naturally talented and naturally beautiful. Yeah. She had a great singing voice. She, 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 she could do so much. She, she was basically kind of like a female Charlie Chaplin because she actually mm-hmm. later on helped write and produce some of the stuff that she was in. Mm-hmm. And so I got to give big props to uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's mm-hmm. uh, because it was one of the first movies that I'd seen that was based back in the day. And it was really, really cool because she, like, mm-hmm. she was like this naive, <laughs> typical girl yeah. and getting taken advantage of by this guy yeah. in, in a way. And then she had to finally realize, oh... But that's definitely a classic, and I, and mm-hmm. I think it's a good that's a good pick for you, number eight. <laughs> number seven. A lot of people don't like this movie, oh, yeah. and I'm totally okay with that. I, uh, although I don't know a whole lot of people that don't like this movie either. It's kind of mm-hmm. like up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven pick for me would be Beaches with Bette Midler. That's actually a good one too, um, and and I'll be one of the first people to admit I like that one because so there were so many guys out there, and and here's the whole thing: you got so many typical like macho guys who are gonna come out there and say, "Oh, well, I don't like watching dramatic movies because because only women watch that." Yeah, and that's crap. And yeah, and that's crap. The whole thing is, is me. I like I like movies that show the uh, the scope of human emotion. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. That's that's actually a good one because what it's really about is friendship. And I like that. It's about friendship over the years. Exactly. Another one is um, one that I actually, in my 12th grade year, I helped do a play for. Mm-hmm. I was one of the techies yeah. that set up, and I actually helped with the mm-hmm. settings and the lighting and the gaffing yeah. and the setting of actors and actresses. Yeah. Sound of Music. That would be your number six? I Yes. I love The Sound of Music. Not only yeah. is the the whole score just beautiful, but you have Julia Andrews. Yeah, Ju- Ju- well, I was going to say, Julia Andrews, uh, um, she, she was in that. It's really awesome. And, and, I, and I'll admit, no, she, she was great in that, too, because I also loved her Mary Poppins. Exactly. And she was just a powerhouse. Yeah. And how she got those kids in yeah. line, and yeah. how she softened the dad's heart so he wasn't such a tightwad little prick. Yeah, but once again, it's like, you notice it's got they've got similar themes those two, I, and I liked it because but you, the sound of music, and 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 um, and Mary Poppins both had similar themes in the fact that that you, usually Julie it was Julie Andrews' character that would soften the heart of of of. of of, 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 of each of the father characters. Exactly. In Sound of Music, it was it was uh, in Sound of Music, it was uh, it was um, gotta forget his name. Um, That's okay. But uh, but but yeah, she had something the heart of the father in Sound of Music, but then also 
um, there was the father of Mary Poppins, which was kind of the same thing, because mm-hmm. he wanted his children to, you know, take life seriously and uh, realize that that life was a battle and blah blah blah. blah yeah. You know, and uh, and then and then and then hell, and then, and then at the end of at the end of one at the end of that one, you know, the father's heart gets softened, and then they all sing that song, "Let's Go Fly a Kite." Exactly. <laughs> Basically, saying, "Let's all go get high." <laughs> I, I I don't think so, uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so your number six is sound and music. Yeah, number five is one that's probably not going to be too mm. you know well known yeah. because not a whole lot of my friends watch a lot of foreign films. Okay, I do. Um, <laughs> but a foreign film that I really enjoyed was, and it's more of an indie foreign UK British film. Yeah, it's called. Uh, uh, better Than Chocolate. I've actually heard of that one. And it's about this uh, girl who she's not a lesbian per se, but she meets this homeless girl who's an artist, mm-hmm. and she gets into her uh, traveling hippie van where she mm-hmm. lives, yeah. and they rapidly get into this uh, relationship together, mm-hmm. and they body paint each other naked and stuff like that. And it's not mm. its not so much about the sexual overtones of the it's movie. Not, it's not the sexual end of it. It's just basically they bond over the, the, the artistic slash creative side. Exactly. And it reminds me of um, what a friendship's all about. Yeah. Bonding over similarities... And mm-hmm. becoming this powerhouse of a friendship, kind of like you and I bonded like way, way mm-hmm. back in the day over stuff that was similar for us and that we loved. Exactly, uh, and that's what I'm saying. So, so what it really comes down to is it's more about friendship and less about sex. Exactly, and I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I would highly recommend that movie because that movie was awesome. Oh, no, that's really awesome. So what's your number four? Number four. Um... Number four, you are actually going to be very, very surprised with this one. Okay. Um, number four is the very first Exorcist movie. Actually, I'm not surprised. <laughs> because when I, I first... knew you were, come on, there was no way you were going to have a top ten list and not have The Exorcist on it. Come on, this is you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I mean, what the fuck. <laughs> anyway. The Exorcist, to me, not only did it scare the crap out of me yeah. when I was younger, because I was about, I was oh, about yeah. 13 years old when I saw it. Oh, yeah. The, 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 I mean, uh, no, and I can totally relate on that, because, I mean, I, I had, I, I, you know, I, I, I had um, older siblings that, uh, like, they'd go and watch that stuff, and, you know, once again, sometimes I'd be a little sneaky kid and I'd go in there, and, yeah. yeah, and then eventually I'd regret the fact that I went and w- tried to watch that, and then I ended nightmares later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, it really got me to do something early on mm-hmm. in my teen childhood that I think every teen should, yeah. whether they're religious or not, is to question your faith. What do you believe in? What do you believe in? What don't you oh, believe yeah, in? Interesting and get kind of like a concrete, uh, finite analysis of what you believe in and stem from that. Oh, exactly. And, and that, that's not necessarily saying that... Um, that, that all of that is bad, but what, what really is, uh, I like it, and it kind of, you have, I even have songs that can challenge that, is, mm-hmm. that, uh, is if what it's saying is, is learn what your faith is. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, 
then practice it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you don't have to do something a certain way just because it's been done in your grandfather's time and your great grandfather's time and blah blah blah. Yeah. The whole thing is, is you have to do, you know, even faith-wise, you have to do what works for you. What worked for your father may not necessarily work for you. Exactly. And so that would be my number four pick. Oh yeah, exactly. All right. Um, what would you say is your number three? Number three pick. It was um, one of the ones that you had said, mm -hmm. but for different reasons. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I loved Back to the Future. Oh, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, it, what, what Back to the Future did for me, because I grew yeah. up with a dad who was a scientist, right? So automatically, yeah. I looked, holy shit, it's science, awesome! Yeah, yeah, so, you know, you're, I'll bet you probably saw a lot of your dad in the Doc Brown character. It, exactly. <laughs> and so when I watched um, Back to the Future, I was like, this is like watching my dad on screen. He's like, he's Christopher Lloyd, you know, he's... He's the I, guy with the I, I poofy actually, hair and the, well, you know, yeah. the doctor coat, and he's doing all crazy weird well, and, experiments. And I can even give a, a great parallel on that one, too, because it totally reminds me of you, me, and Derek. The whole thing is, is like the relationship that Doc Brown and Marty have kind of reminds, reminds me of the relationship that we have. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan <laughs> of all of the Back to the Future um, yeah. movies. Because they're just really cool, and I connected oh, yeah. with them on a really deep oh, level. Oh, yeah, and, and we don't have to continue further because we both love them for different reasons. But yeah, it's, exactly. But it's great. And anyway, uh, so what would you say your number two pick is? Number two. It's one that you didn't say, yeah. but I know that you love it just as much as I do. Yeah. The very first Superman. Oh, yes, exactly. And I'm probably, once again, you know, the thing is, some of these stuff I just don't think about. Some of yeah. these stuff I just don't think about. No, but that's actually one of my favorites as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so many favorite movies. <laughs> I'd have to do like a, I'd have to do like a top ten thousand or something. I exactly. Mean, yeah. And just Christopher Reeve alone. Yeah. Made that movie. I know there are a bunch of iconic oh. actors within that whole series, oh, and even it, within one. So many elements. So many elements. They you had know. the perfect actor playing Superman. Uh huh. They had John Williams scoring it. Exactly. Um. You know, and uh, and then I just think I just think they had the the right cast assembled because to me you had so many great people so many different characters uh because like i said chris reeve one of the biggest things but how do we admit gene hackman as lex luthor was awesome oh, we nailed the hell out of that yeah anyway so superman yes yeah. definitely superman yeah um and my number one pick this is gonna blow the whole list out of the water because not only is it a movie that not a whole lot of people know mm -hmm. but it's also a movie that if you're an indie creator Mm -hmm. You can totally understand why someone would like this movie. Yeah. And this is a movie that I don't even think you have seen because it's so no. foreign. Yeah. It's called Two Times Four. I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a French film about a couple who um, are having this overly sexually charged relationship. Mm -hmm. And they start to say, okay, well, let's experiment with other people. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the movie, they realize that none of the other people mattered. What they really wanted at the very end is each other. And, yeah, and basically they, 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 they basically found out that what they really needed was they had to reconnect with each other. Yeah. It wasn't about adding more people into the mix. It wasn't about having more excitement. They just needed to realize why it was they were together in the first place exactly and so that movie alone just holy shit just yeah. a, a, amazing movie if you ever get to go to a foreign 
um, place and you decide to go get a foreign film or go online mm -hmm. or whatever, watch two times four because it might have a lot of sexual elements in it. But it's a really, really good, good feel-good movie that gets you to realize that maybe your relationship isn't as bad as you thought it was. Exactly. Well, um, unfortunately, we didn't get to get to some of our other picks today. Yeah. But that's okay. So I, um, I'll at least let people know this is uh, in one of our future podcasts. It won't be the next one because the next one we're gonna have a, uh, we're gonna have a special, um, we're gonna have a special guest on. Um, Amy Homer will be joining us. And her and I will be talking about the Darum Zodiac crossover. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but um, we will try and bookmark this so that uh, at least the podcast afterwards will finish up our list. And then Corey and I are then going to do a list of our favorite. Uh, and, you know, and we're going to add, add to it. Not only our favorite, uh, we're going to have a list of our favorite Hammer Horror movies, but then also our favorite horror movies overall. Exactly. As always, Jared, thank you yeah. for coming on the podcast. It's so yeah. much fun having you all the time. It's always good to be here. And just like I always say, love each other, lift some of each other up, give someone a hug, let them know that you enjoy their time. We love you guys, and we'll see you in the next podcast.